What? College matters. What? College, college matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma, Alma matters. matters. I think we're living in a day and age where students, you know, are being bombarded with information and knowledge and, and, and with access to so many resources and people, it can get confusing for students. So I think it's important mm-hmm. for them to be able to sift their wheat from the chef, so to speak, you know. Yeah. So a couple of things they need to really keep in mind is that they must start early. They need to, you know, think about researching colleges, even in grade nine. You know, it's, 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 um, it's important because there's so much to be done for the college application process. So the earlier you start, the better it is. So it gives you enough time to explore your options, plan your coursework in your ninth and tenth grade, and also prepare for the application uh, sort of process, you know. That is Aparna Chandrasekharan, head of college placements at 10x International School in Bengaluru, India. Hello, I'm your host, Venkat Raman. While Aparna was working in the social development sector, she would save newspaper and magazine clippings of higher education and scholarship opportunities. When she took a break from work, when her daughter was young, she found herself working at a primary school. Eventually, With some powerful nudging from a friend, Aparna jumped into college counseling with both feet. On our podcast, Aparna talks about her background, experience as Education USA advisor, her counseling approach about 10X International School, and her advice for high schoolers. Now, before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives five highlights from the podcast. So Education USA is a U.S. Department of State network, and it has about 400 plus advising centers in over 175 countries. Mm-hmm. For a large part, uh, Education USA offers free, unbiased, uh, accurate, current and comprehensive information about U.S. higher education to students uh, in whichever country it has its centers. So uh, Education USA centers offer both free and paid services, actually. So Mm. the free services, uh, like I said, they could just walk in, talk to an advisor, attend an information session, you know, uh, attend Mm -hmm. the fairs, meet with alumni, all of that. Uh, The paid services is the one-on-one guidance that uh, centers usually provide for a particular charge. The undergraduate level, very refreshingly and interestingly, uh, students are looking at uh, different majors. Of Of course, STEM and engineering remain popular, but... Students are looking at the liberal arts curriculum. They are looking at humanities and social sciences or creative writing or journalism, psychology. Um, There is a lot of interest in sports management. 10X International, it's a a very unique uh, school. It's... um, in fact, it is uh, the founder of our school, the CEO of our school, uh, Lieutenant General Arjun Ray, happened to visit a school in the U.S. Actually, a school called the um, Bronx High School for Science, and mm-hmm. he was uh, uh, he was very impressed with how that school, um, you know, was functioning, how it was offering opportunities, the best education that you can, but to children um, in the Bronx area, you know, who might be from underprivileged backgrounds. So he was really moved by that. 
-hmm. there is also uh, a very good scholarship um, called the You Are Welcome Here Scholarship, which is a campaign, a hashtag You Are Welcome Here Scholarship. So this is a campaign that was started by Temple University several years ago to encourage uh, international students to apply to the U.S. And mm -hmm. um, that became so popular, the campaign, that other universities signed on to that pledge. And I think now as many as 70 or 75 um, U.S. universities um, offer uh, at least partial 50% uh, uh, or partial tuition scholarship to international students under that um, You Are Welcome Here uh, banner. These were the high fives brought to you by College Matters. Alma Matters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For my newsletter, visit almamatters.substack.com. Now, I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Aparna. So without further ado, here's the podcast with Aparna Chandrasekhar. If you're ready, we can jump right in. Sure, absolutely. Cool. So maybe the best place to start is uh, maybe tell us a little bit about your background. Right. Uh, but from an education point of view, um, you know, after doing high school all across the country, um, you know, in, in various multiple uh, cantonments in, in, in India, studied in a Kendra mm -hmm. school all my life. And then, of course, went to the Etheraj College for Women for my botany, bachelor's in botany degree, followed by mm -hmm. a master's in social work from the Tata Institute of Social Sciences. And finally, a certificate mm -hmm. in marketing from the London School of Economics. Uh, mm -hmm. From a career point of view, yes, I've had opportunities to work in the corporate sector as well as uh, with uh, social development organizations, both uh, bilateral and multilateral organizations. I've you know, worked as a consultant in the, for the development sector as well as for corporate uh, India and mm -hmm. also sort of delved into event management, media communications. And, and of course, finally, um, I found my calling in, in being in the education sector. Um, so, yes, that's been the journey. I mean, it's, you know, when you come to education in this manner, it gives you yeah. a lot of perspective and uh, I think uh, brings a lot uh, to the table. Yes. So tell us, tell us what you found fascinating about uh, getting into education and helping students, I guess, broadly. Right. So getting into education, well, I would call it serendipity, really, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I did have this practice of saving information from newspapers and magazines mm -hmm. uh, about higher education opportunities or scholarship opportunities. And I'd been doing this for years, never realizing that perhaps, you know, the, the, the hint was there that, you know, education is where I should be heading. Uh -huh. um, I did so many different things um, along the way. And like you said, it helped uh, inform me and provided me perspective about different professions, um, you know, different kinds of careers and so on. Um, so then I took some, uh, you know, after, after a while, uh, I took a gap of a few years when my daughter was very young, you know, from full-time uh -huh. work and gap. And, and I uh, joined up uh, sort of part-time at a school near my house and in the uh -huh. primary sector. Now, interestingly, the principal of the school, you know, oftentimes when she would interact with me, she would keep telling me that I should work in, you know, college and career counseling and I should especially work with high school students. But I mm -hmm. never sort of, you know, thought maybe that really is my career path. And I just kept thinking, no, this is a break and I'll probably get back to social development sector, which is where I was uh, working at, you know, at that time. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, there was another strange, uh, or call it a parallel of, of some sorts, I, I was offered an opportunity to I interacted with somebody who was a very well-known career counselor, uh, independent mm -hmm. career 
Kutzler, who used to be a very popular educational columnist in a newspaper in Delhi. Mm-hmm. And uh, I happened to meet her uh, once and then she suggested, you know, after talking to me that maybe you should get into this. You sound like you're interested in this. But somehow none of those opportunities sort of, you know, uh, came through. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, after a few years of moving back to Chennai from uh, Delhi and other places where I lived, uh, and I was continuing to work as a development consultant uh, for the social development sector, mm-hmm. when a friend of mine said that, you know, um, you know, it's time you sort of... Um, pursued that passion that you have for collecting information and knowledge about education issues. Mm-hmm. And um, and she used to work for the U.S.-India Educational Foundation at the American Consulate in Chennai mm-hmm. um, as an Education USA advisor. And she said there was an opening available for another advisor. And she's, you know, she's like, why don't you give it a shot? Mm-hmm. And I said, if not now, you know, when, you know, so right. and I said, right. well, let's jump right in, you know, submitted an application and got called for an interview, and um, I, I think I think uh, I was able to convince them of my interest in in the field of education, but also with some knowledge which I had sort of gathered along the way. And um, but then, of course, joining uh, the U.S. India Educational Foundation as an Education USA advisor was really the turning point because uh, it was an eye opener in terms of the plethora of opportunities available for Indian students in the United States, mm-hmm. and. Um, and of course, as they say, I mean, uh, getting that job, uh, once I got that job, there was no looking back, you know, and, and even yeah. if, if it was quite late in life, I can truly say I found my true calling uh, for mentoring students on higher education aspirations. That's an awesome story. I mean, you know, talking about calling, I think finding your calling at any point in your life is a, you know, is a blessing, I think. so. Um, Very true. Very true. And it's never too late, even though it's in my case, it was quite late. But I'll, I'll, I'll say it's never too late. If you find what you're deeply passionate about, I think um, age is just a number then, you know, you can no, do absolutely. it at any yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, then tell us about Education USA. Tell us what, you know, what you found, uh, you know, what did you have to do and what did you find? Yeah. Right. So Education USA is a U.S. Department of State network, and it has about 400 plus advising centers in over 175 countries. Mm-hmm. For a large part, uh, Education USA offers free, unbiased, uh, accurate, current and comprehensive information about U.S. higher education to students uh, in whichever country it has its centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is also, a, since it is a U.S. government entity, it is the official source of information on uh, U.S. higher education. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, you know, you can visit any Education USA center to, you know, gather information about studying in the U.S., whether it is collecting brochures, talking to an advisor uh, to get inputs on how to shortlist universities or whether financial aid information is available or understanding what college is the right fit college for you as a student um, mm-hmm. or even figuring out, you know, what, what kind of internships you might get or, or what about post-study work opportunities Whatever information it is that a student is looking for about studying in the U.S., the Education USA Center is the place to go to. In fact, mm-hmm. I would recommend all students looking to study in the United States to either visit or connect virtually with an Education USA Center in their region, um, whether they're in India, South Asia. And like I said, there are uh, centers in 175 countries. So mm-hmm. there is an Education USA Center close enough for any student to reach out to, at least virtually, if not in person. And the centers also do a lot of outreach work. So, um, so they visit schools and colleges. Um, you know, they uh, conduct information sessions. They do virtual webinars. Uh, they also organize fairs uh, to which university representatives from the U.S. come around every year to participate in the uh, university fair. 
they also get a lot of U.S. university alumni to participate in events either at the American Center or um, you know at uh, other venues like schools and colleges. The Education USA Center closely uh, works with the public affairs section of the local U.S. consulate or the embassy in Delhi. So they also host a lot of joint events. Uh, they also, in fact, collaborate with uh, industry associations like CII or uh, the regional chapters of, you know, CII and so on, mm-hmm. and host mm-hmm. events um, with those organizations. Uh, the purpose, of, of course, being that, you know, there's, they create a lot of awareness about studying in the United States and um, provide access to resources to students. Are there many centers within India, Education USA centers, or was Chennai yes. the... Main one. No, no, there are there are multiple centers. So there are eight Education USA centers in India, and they these eight centers are hosted by three host organizations. So US India Educational Foundation, which also manages the US government's Fulbright program. Mm-hmm. Um, so that USIEF hosts uh, five Education USA centers in Mumbai, Kolkata, Delhi, Chennai, and Hyderabad. And there are two independent um, Education USA centers that are hosted by uh, private trusts, one in Bengaluru, which is run by the Ashna Trust, and mm-hmm. then the Indo-American Education Society in Ahmedabad also hosts an official Education USA center. And a third one is hosted by the Y-Axis Foundation, which is in Hyderabad. So totally eight Education USA centers in India. So a prospective student, um, if they reach out to the to Education USA now, um, do they help them through the process or is it sort of an initial information gathering kind of thing? Right. So both, actually. So uh, Education USA centers offer both free and paid services, actually. So mm. the free services, uh, like I said, they could just walk in, talk to an advisor, attend an information session, you know, uh, attend mm-hmm. the fairs, meet with alumni, all of that. Uh, the paid services is the one-on-one guidance that uh, centers usually provide for a particular charge. So students will get guidance on, you know, how to shortlist universities, um, how to um, find uh, information about financial aid, um, let's say, you know, support and assistance for a review of their essays or statements of purpose, um, and also some guidance on, you know, the visa process and so on. But the best thing to do is to reach out to the nearest Education USA Center and, you know, they'll give you a list of uh, what services they offer and what are their charges for, the, you know, for the paid services. Um, give us a little feel for your experience there. I mean, uh, you, you know, obviously you talked to a lot of students, you saw a lot going on in those years. Um some general impressions of students coming in and what you found about um, I, students I think who the first, first thing I, I must admit is that the U.S. is the most the most popular destination for Indian students looking for higher education abroad. Sure. Um, as far as if you if you were to look at the Open Doors report, which is published by the yeah. uh, International Institute for Education, there are more than uh, uh, two lakh Indian students pursuing higher education in the U.S. A majority mm-hmm. of those are definitely pursuing masters, followed by mm-hmm. those um, you know uh, studying their PhD, and of course then about uh, about twenty seven thousand odd students are pursuing undergraduate degree in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and few in community colleges as well. Um, And of course, uh, the other thing to remember is uh, irrespective of COVID or no COVID, I don't think the uh, zeal for pursuing higher education in the U.S. has dimmed any bit. Um, If the figures from the U.S. Embassy last year are a testament to that, I mean, they issued as many as 85,000 
uh, student visas to Indian students going to the US last year. And mm-hmm. that number is expected to go up this year, apparently. So ju- that just tells you how, um, how much of an importance um, students place the education in United States. And uh, uh, there's a lot of interest, uh, you know, continuing interest. Yes, of course, in terms of uh, kind of majors that are popular with students, STEM majors are very popular, especially with students who are going for graduate degrees or PhDs, Mm -hmm. for example. But at the undergraduate level, very refreshingly and interestingly, uh, students are looking at uh, different majors. Of Of course, STEM and engineering remain popular, but students are looking at uh, the liberal arts curriculum they are looking at uh, humanities and social sciences or creative writing or journalism psychology Um, there is a lot of interest in sports management so there are uh, you know students looking at different kinds of majors at the undergraduate level as well I mean I'm guessing a lot of Indian students who do come to the U.S. at least for the undergraduate portion yes yes uh, have the resources I think right not always, uh, mm. because uh, yes, undergraduate education is very expensive because you know cost of attendance in in the U.S. Uh, for an undergraduate program can range anywhere from thirty five thousand dollars per year, all inclusive, to as high as eighty eighty five thousand dollars per year, depending on the university and the program that the student is applying to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is quite prohibitive for uh, any any student anywhere, probably not just in right, India. Right. Right. So one way for undergraduate students is to look for scholarships, and there are lots of universities offering scholarships. In fact, one mm-hmm. great resource is the Education USA website. Uh, they have a financial aid section where uh, universities in the U.S., accredited universities in the U.S., uh, share information about scholarships um, that they are offering, and they send mm-hmm. it across to uh, Education USA, and Education USA lists it on their website. Uh, mm-hmm. There is also uh, a very good scholarship um, called the You Are Welcome Here Scholarship, which is a campaign. Mm-hmm. A hashtag you are welcome here scholarship so this is a campaign that was started by temple university several years ago to encourage uh, international students to apply to the u.s and mm-hmm. um, that became so popular the campaign that other universities signed on to that pledge and i think now as many as 70 or 75 um, u.s universities um, offer uh, at least partial uh, uh, 50% or partial tuition scholarship to international students under that um, you are welcome here uh, banner. So that is uh, definitely a scholarship that students should uh, look at. Um, in addition to that, there are, of course, individually, like many of the liberal arts colleges offer scholarships to students as well. Uh, I would say that's a great place to start. Look at, you know, colleges like liberal arts and science colleges. In, in India, people don't have much information about what are liberal arts colleges and yeah. many people might um, misinterpret it as only offering humanities or social sciences. Uh, But I think liberal arts colleges really truly are uh, where you can get well-rounded education. So you get exposure to pure sciences, humanities, social sciences, uh, and that provide and that kind of builds a great foundation uh, to help you understand what you really want to study and then you specialize in that in your third and fourth year so I would definitely recommend students to look at uh, liberal arts colleges uh, liberal arts and science colleges because many of them do offer scholarships as well I think the other thing in Indian students need to be aware about is whether the college or university they're applying to whether they offer need blind uh, financial support or are they need aware in terms for financial support so if a college says it is need blind then mm-hmm. irrespective of uh, their their what they're essentially saying is that we will not look at whether you're asking for funding or scholarship or financial aid when we are reviewing your application so that mm-hmm. information is outside the purview of our uh, reviewing yeah. of your application 
where if it is if the college says they are need aware then they will take that aspect into consideration when they are reviewing the student's application and that could impact the chance of a student getting an uh, admission if they are asking for a lot of financial aid but interestingly now there are as many as uh, seven i think now colleges and if you include brown it probably goes to eight which are need blind for indian international students so there is of course the more well known the mit the harvard the yale princeton uh, mm -hmm. amherst uh and now there are two more colleges have added uh, have become need blind for international students that is dartmouth and bowdoin college and mm -hmm. from 2025 even brown university becomes need blind for international students um so students who are looking for financial aid can apply without too much worry to these institutions think you know they didn't worry that if i ask for financial aid will my application be impacted negatively so they don't need to worry about that uh but need aware colleges also offer support to international students and in fact some colleges state that they will meet 100% of the demonstrated financial need mm -hmm. so that's again an option that students should should look at don't completely uh, sort of assume that a need aware college will not give you any funding it will but then you need to read the fine print and do your research and homework and uh, read enough of information that's available about that kind of funding that's available apart from that there is also cornell university has an exclusive scholarship for indian students which is the tata scholarship which is right. funded by mr ratan tata and the tata trusts uh, so i think i think at any given point of time 20 students can get that scholarship so that's again a scholarship that students should uh, look out for interestingly there are a lot of uh, us universities now which also offer what is the called the institution which probably is something new for students to hear about uh, for example grand valley state university or um, um you know there is a college in michigan a small college very well known for its robotics program which is also offers uh, institution northern texas many many universities are also offering institution uh, or its equivalent to Uh, international students sometimes it's called very clearly as institution but sometimes universities call it with other names but it basically means that you get an equivalent of institution so that again is another option that undergraduate students can explore i think it's about doing your research and homework i mean that's the that's the key part really in all of this absolutely 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 great great information thank you so much for sharing that Uh, you know, obviously, working with all these students at Education USA, you probably developed some approach to helping them, counseling them. Yeah. Yes. Um, how would you describe it? What, what, what's what sort of, if I can use such a big word as philosophy <laughs> that you used for? <laughs> right. For, okay so every student is unique and special in their own way you know and mm -hmm. uh, there is no one size fits all approach frankly when you know right. you're advising students now for example some students will thrive at a large university you know where there are 400 students in a auditorium style class whereas others mm -hmm. may struggle or to survive in such an environment and these mm -hmm. students might succeed only in small groups of 10 or 20 really so i think what's important is to understand each student's um, requirements you know to understand what are their interests what are their strengths what are their passions and also tailor our you know uh, advising needs to meet their needs i think that is very important really Mm -hmm. um i think that that's the key part is to understand the student to understand what their needs are what their requirements are what their interests are and and then accordingly advise them you know of course there are times when students are adamant or parents are adamant about a certain kind of college of and course, you know, of because of its reputation or because of its ranking but i think that's where the strength of an advisor lies in being able to explain to them uh, you know with your experience that an advisor can explain that you know we believe given 
what we know of your child that your child will thrive in in that kind of environment but of course at the end of the day the decision is uh, purely the parents and the students but of course with the wealth of experience and advisor brings to the table they can share examples and they can share you know ideas that 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 would work for the student but at the end of the day the parents take the decision i'm assuming that a lot of these engagements would have been the paid kind of approach right i mean when individuals uh, students just come in for information and for the free sessions yes. um you are not you know you are not in a position to kind of really understand the students so i would imagine that uh, these are more in depth kind of conversations obviously yeah now how about how about things like um, essays and um you know extracurriculars and all that i mean what, what kind of advice are you giving them or were you giving them then so um yes it's important like you know us uh, universities uh, follow what is called as a holistic admissions review process so mm-hmm. yes academics matter and they're very important so you do need to do well in your um, school exams um, and of course your standardized tests as well there is um, that's ex- extremely important so you know you can't get away with not doing well academically mm-hmm. but universities are also looking for the person beyond the marks you know they're looking to see beyond the numbers who are you as a student what makes you special mm-hmm. and that's where um, you know things like extracurriculars and um, you know community service etc come into play now especially with the essay let's talk about the essay first um, essay yeah. is about you know it, it, it's about um, Uh, the students hearing the students voice you know after all here is an admissions of somebody in the admissions committee sitting thousands of miles away from the student all they have is that paper application um, or the online application where they're just reading you know information about uh, basically looking at the grades and all of that but they still don't mm-hmm. get a flavor of who the student is right so mm-hmm. i think what they're looking for in the essay is the student's authentic self or voice really you know mm-hmm. uh, they want to hear the student story what makes the student tick what is it the student is passionate about what is the, what does the student deeply care about um you know if a student is uh, interested in making a difference or impact in their small surroundings or worldwide wherever but mm-hmm. these are things that they're hoping to hear in the essay and the essay is a great opportunity to Uh, let them know what makes you unique you know what makes you special and how you will add value to being a student on their campus because after all universities are not looking to just you know um, fill the seats in their campus they're trying they're trying to build the classroom they're just not trying to fill the classroom you know right so right. that's why they're looking for students who bring that sense of diversity to the classroom and this is not just geographical diversity this is diversity of opinion you know diversity of experience diverse, diversity mm-hmm. of background so that's what the university is looking for and these essays give that kind of information to the admissions committee you know so there's so much an admissions committee person can learn uh, from a student's essay about what really makes the student special and and that's why the essay is very very important so typically if you're applying to the us you're using an application portal like either the common application or the universal college application or the coalition mm-hmm. for college access or the um, california ones like the uc app or the california state university application or apply texas or mm-hmm. in some cases you're directly applying to universities like the mit mit has its own application direct application sure. Sure. So irrespective of which application for a portal you're using you're go- going to have to write one main essay and mm-hmm. there might be supplementary essays as well that the university might require you to write now mm-hmm. these essays play a huge part in the admissions decision 
So do remember that the student must remember that, you know, to reflect their personal story, their personal journeys, their conflicts, their strengths, all of that. Uh, you know, this is a great opportunity for the student to advocate for themselves, actually. I would put it that. So the essay is very key to the admissions decision. Now, what do you think, um, as Indian students, what kind of challenges do you think they encounter applying to the U.S.? I, I, you know, beyond sort of the um, procedural things. I mean, what are some of the challenges in their application that, you know, just right. vis-a-vis competing globally? Right. Right. So I would, it depends on the curriculum that the student is pursuing in their respective schools. Now, if they were pursuing an international curriculum, like let's say the International Baccalaureate curriculum or the IGCC Cambridge curriculum, there there is a lot of scope for students to pursue community service and extracurricular activities because it's built into their curriculum. Whereas if you were to uh, be studying in a national uh, curriculum like the ICSC, CBSC or the state board curriculums, for example, there is no, uh, there is, there is little opportunity. Definitely, I won't say there is no opportunity or anything like that, but it's much more limited than perhaps with international curriculums. But that hasn't stopped students from getting into the top schools in the US. In fact, if you were to look at data, perhaps the majority of students who get admissions are from the state curriculum or the national curriculum from in India. You know, So what students need to do is perhaps build this profile outside of their school. If there is not that much opportunity within the school, they can mm-hmm. do so outside of school. There is no nothing to restrict them from doing that. So it could be uh, everybody calls it profile building. But what I would say is pursue your passions and that itself builds your profile, you know. So whether it is uh, performing arts, visual arts, sports, um, whether it is if you're interested in your subject and you want to pursue research in that area, uh, develop a makeup project, whatever it is. I mean, as long as you're pursuing your passion, I think mm-hmm. universities understand that uh, even if you didn't, even if you had limited opportunities, if you, but if you're able to showcase your passion, I think that's enough for the university to know that you're dedicated to that, you know. So, for example, mm-hmm. a student um, might want, if, if they're crazy about computer science and they want to study computer science, and then they could develop an app or they could develop, uh, for example, a student I had advised previously developed an app uh, which connected um, you know, companies with nonprofit organizations. So whether it was for making donations or contributions in kind or volunteering uh, time of the employees of the companies to NGOs, here was mm-hmm. a using his interest in computer science to create an app that made an impact for those uh, nonprofit organizations and for communities at large. So that's one way of looking at it. Uh, another student, uh, you know, set up something like a, um, an employment exchange for student for, for people with disabilities. So they're again connecting companies to nonprofits to find opportunities for people with disabilities to get employed, gainfully employed, you know. So, I mean, these are just some examples. Students can, um, you know, can can come up with many uh, options that they can pursue. If you're, for example, a student who was deeply, deeply passionate about chemistry, decided to teach students from an underprivileged schools. He, he would take classes for them after school hours and weekends and, it, and, and get them to participate in chemistry competitions and things like that. So that, that was him showing his passion for the subject and you know, extending it into an activity of some kind. So that's another way to you know, showcase your profile. Um, I mean, there's so many things that students can do. We have students who've done very well um, nationally and internationally in sports like squash uh, or tennis mm-hmm. or rowing or athletics, they've also got admissions to universities for, you know, because of their strength in those particular sports, right? 
you could, for example, Oberlin College, very well known uh, for music programs, right? So students have applied there and got admission um, to the music program, for example, because of their um, uh, doing very well in, 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 in performing arts, you know? So there are so many options, really. It's, it's, it's for you to develop your passions. But what I would say is use your high school time wisely, you know, start early, grade nine, uh, start thinking about exploring multiple activities, you know, do um, five or 10 things, it's fine. By grade 10, you will have some sense of what it is you really, really enjoy out of those and then sort of narrow it down to maybe four or five activities that you can do. Uh, it can be co-curricular activities, it can be extracurricular activities, it can be even community service activities. But then by grade 11, you should have just, you know, zeroed in on those one or two things that you're really, really interested in or passionate about. And then go in depth into those activities, spend more time mm -hmm. on those activities. And then by grade 12, you have something to show, you know, to the university that you've gone above and beyond your marks and your school curriculum that you've done something beyond that. So I think those are things that are important for students. They, they really need to make a roadmap for themselves and. And, and don't pick activities because you think it will look good on the application or because it will interest the admissions committee. The admissions committee will be able to see through that. It is your genuine passion that will come through your essay or your the kind of choice of activities uh, and the choice of the major that you are going to pursue in the university. They're all sort of tied in somewhere. So it's important for you to pursue your passion and do things for because you want to do them, not because you think the admissions committee would like to read about them. I think that's important to remember. So Aparna, you um, moved on from Education USA, yes. came to Ten X International School. Why did you Why did you move on? Why did you switch? What was right? Sort of so the basically, course there? yeah. So it was basically because I was relocating from the city of Chennai, where I worked with Education USA, to the city of Bengaluru, where as a family we relocated uh, because my husband's uh, job brought him along here to Bangalore. So okay. as a family, we relocated. And uh, so I, of course, my first preference was to look at the Education USA Center in Bangalore, undoubtedly, but then they had uh, no vacancy for a new advisor. And uh, so for me, then the option was to explore op opportunities outside. And um, so I just, when I passed my CV around, I got, you know, got interviewed um, 10x was the first opportunity that came across and I said okay let me speak to them and see if this is something that I'd be interested in and so 10x international it's a it's a very unique uh, school it's um, in fact it is uh, the founder of our school the CEO of our school uh, Lieutenant General Arjun Ray happened to visit a school in the US actually a school called the um, Bronx High School for Science and mm -hmm. he was uh, uh, he was very impressed with how that school um, you know was functioning how it was offering opportunities the best education that you can can, but to children um, in the Bronx area, you know, who might be from underprivileged backgrounds. So he was really moved by that. And he came up with this understanding that we should be able to offer the international baccalaureate curriculum, you know, uh, um, we must make it affordable to students even in India. That was his first thought, perhaps. But also mm -hmm. that we must use you know, seeing how technology is used in education. He was also more sort of encouraged by that to sort of uh, come up with the concept of 10x. So we are um, an IB curriculum school and mm -hmm. our learning model goes beyond just the, you know, textbooks and, and the curriculum. The mm -hmm. idea is to use exponential technologies, uh, design thinking and accelerated learning uh, to enable our students to develop an innovative and entrepreneurial mindset. And mm -hmm. our Lieutenant General Ray always says, you know, um, the vision of our school is to create the foundations of a moral man, an innovation man and an economic man so mm -hmm. that our students are future ready, market ready and life ready, you know. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that, that's really the vision. 
but yes we're looking at you know giving our students the opportunities to be able to pursue research in high school so they will they we have uh, faculty who are PhD background, who mentor our students for research papers. Um, then our students also participate in, um, uh, we're going to have an incubation center in, in school so that students can pursue their entrepreneurial competencies. We have mm -hmm. a STEAM lab where uh, students can come up with their makeup projects and things like that. Um, and, and basically the, the whole purpose is that, you know, we provide the resources to students, um, you know, to design their own future at the end of the day. And um, so that's really, really the focus of the school. Yeah. So how many how many students are in the school? Yes. Yeah, so we're just a one year old school, and we have uh, just about fifty five students right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And this is spread across a number of years of school. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so we only grade. offer grade only grade nine to twelve. So currently we are an IB candidacy school. So we have uh -huh. grade nine and ten. And once we get our uh, authorization, we'll also be including grades uh, 10, 11 and twelve. One, uh, one aspect which I must add is that every student here gets what's called as a STEAM lab in a bag. So each student gets a drone, a VR set, a 3D pen, and then, you know, electronic items which they use as part of their learning. So they're learning physics or they're learning, um, you know, um, uh, physics with using drones or they're learning biology concepts or geography concepts using a VR set or a VR module and so on. So there's uh, it's it's a very interesting way of learning, I would say. 10X really offers a unique uh, way of learning. Cool. So, um, you know, we're going to start winding down, Aparna. So I, before we do that, I thought it'd be a good point to for you to share some advice for high schoolers out there, you know, uh, mm -hmm. various stages of high school, how they should think about college or, you know, I think you've already talked about a bunch of things in this right. conversation, but maybe you can recap a sure. few things. Sure, absolutely. I think we're living in a day and age where students, you know, are being bombarded with information and knowledge and, and, and with access to so many resources and people, it can get confusing for students. So I think it's important mm -hmm. for them to be able to sift their wheat from the chef, so to speak, you know. Yeah. So a couple of things they need to really keep in mind is that they must start early they need to, you know, think about researching colleges, even in grade nine, you know, it's, 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 um, it's important because there's so much to be done for the college application process. So the earlier you start, the better it is. So it gives you enough time to explore your options, plan your coursework in your ninth and 10th grade, and also prepare for the application uh, sort of process, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's important for them to also reflect on what are their academic goals, um, and also what are their interests outside of you know, classroom, uh, because these will define uh, what kind of activities they pursue over the high, over the journey of their high school as well. You know, um, it's important for them to do the self -refle reflection also about what what are, what are the values that are important to them. How do these values impact the uh, the academic uh, goals that they have for themselves and so on? It's very very important that they maintain a strong academic record throughout high school. Every year mm -hmm. on year, they should show a consistency uh, in their grades and an improvement if required. It's important for them to strive for academic excellence and important for them to challenge themselves with uh, rigorous academic coursework as well. Universities are of often looking to see if you've taken the most rigorous coursework that your school offers. So definitely mm -hmm. do that, you know. And um, explore, explore uh, extracurricular activities in the in ninth and 10th grade. It's all about exploration. Um, but in grade 11 and 12, it's about sort of, you know, bringing it all together. 
So and, and sort of focusing on few things. So keep that in mind as well. And college, remember that colleges are looking for sort of well-rounded individuals who you don't know, demonstrate leadership, teamwork, commitment and uh, outside the classwork, making an impact. Um, so they're looking for these kind of qualities in students. So ask yourself, mm -hmm. you know, how do I differentiate if, if an admissions committee person is looking at 10 applications and we all have similar academic profiles, uh, how are they going to choose which student to admit to that college? So that is where your additional activities like co-curricular activities, which are essentially your, you know, uh, competitions like Olympiads or science fair participation or essay competitions and things like that, or extracurricular activities or community service work that will start playing an important role once they have very similar academic profiles of students. So pay, pay attention to that. Do take, uh, do check if the university needs a standardized test score or not. So many universities have become test optional. Uh, some have said yeah. they but some have asked, started asking for it again. Many of the competitive programs are now asking for the uh, standardized test score. So make sure you do your homework and check. Again, as an international student, Indian students will need the English proficiency score. So they mm -hmm. have they can choose between TOEFL, IELTS, uh, the Pearson's test for English, PTE, and Duolingo. But again, recheck on the individual university's website as to which English proficiency uh, test is accepted by the university and make sure you plan for that. So the thing to remember is the SAT and the ACT, the scores are valid for five years, whereas the English proficiency test scores are only valid for two years. So plan to mm. take it uh, at such a time that the score is valid till you join the university. That's important. And I think it's also important when you're shortlisting universities to look at accredited universities. Make sure you go to the uh, U.S. Department of Education has a website uh, where they list out the accredited U.S. universities. So make sure you're shortlisting universities that are recognized and it's safe to apply to them. Don't just randomly choose a college because somebody mentions it and don't apply. And do your homework, do your research, you know, look for information like, you know, uh, you must have certain shortlisting criteria. So whether it's your academic interests, uh, whether it is um, the size of the university, the location, what kind of uh, background of the faculty, uh, what is the course curriculum like, what is the kind of research work that's uh, being undertaken in the university. As an undergraduate student, will you have access and opportunity to be part of that research work? Uh, what kind of, what is the campus culture like? What kind of um, activities can you pursue on campus? I think these are things that you must consider when you're shortlisting universities. If you have the opportunity and you can afford to visit campuses, do so. If not, there are many resources to explore campuses virtually also now. So you can even mm -hmm. look at that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, talk to your high school counselor. I think that's important. They will have enough and more information to guide you. Uh, so that's your first port of call is your high school counselor. If your school doesn't have a counselor, then of course, the Education USA Center is your uh, best uh, and most important resource uh, for all things uh, studying in the United States. So that's very important. And I think a couple of other things I would say is also, you know, tailor your application and materials you know, according to the university that uh, you're going, you're applying to. So talk about your own um, experiences, your own story, um, you know, uh, uh, talk about your purpose for higher education. I think those are important when it comes to your essay. And mm -hmm. uh, apply to a range of schools. I mean, don't apply, you know, put all your eggs in one basket, so to, so to speak. So don't just say I'm going to apply to all the eight IVs and I, I'm not looking beyond that. Sometimes, um, you know, the best fit college may not be uh, the IV or the most competitive college, you might actually thrive in a smaller space and a smaller environment. And you mm -hmm. might end up getting full financial aid in a smaller college as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, I would say keep your options open and uh, be willing to uh, look at 
uh, colleges beyond the IV. It's it's not that if you don't go to an IV, you're not going to succeed in life. If you were to actually do a survey, perhaps of um, the top uh, CEOs of top companies in the world, many of them may have started off at a community college, and um, and many of them have not always always gone to a, an Ivy League institution, for example. So you should know that you can make and and a classic example. If if I were to give a, a graduate student example example is Mr. Satya Nadella, who's the CEO of Microsoft. Now he did his bachelor's degree in India at Manipal uh, College, and then mm-hmm. he went to University of Wisconsin Milwaukee. Now, not mm-hmm. many people may have heard of this institution, but that hasn't stopped Mr. Nadella from becoming the CEO of Microsoft, right? Sure. Uh, it didn't stop. It didn't stop Mr. Arvind Krishna from becoming the CEO of, uh, let's say, IBM. You know, he mm-hmm. went to UIUC. So, I think you need to keep your mind open and your options open. You'll find the best uh, school that fits your needs, basically. Yeah. And I think, frankly, at the end of the day, a student must also stay organized. That's very important. So keep track of uh, application deadlines, what are the required material, get your recommendations in time. You know, those are other, other things that um, I would say that they must keep keep track of, basically. Yeah, ultimately, end of the day, final word, you know, follow your passion, I would say. Hi again. Hope you enjoyed our podcast with Aparna Chandrasekharan of 10X International School. Aparna shares her approach to counseling for international students. Start early, plan your coursework, maintain a solid academic record in high school, pursue interests outside the classroom, research US colleges, pick colleges that you see as a fit for you And finally, if you don't have a college counselor, reach out to Education USA in your country. I hope high schoolers and parents find Aparna's counsel beneficial. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash almamatters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you. College Matters. Alma Alma Matters. Matters.